0: Everybody, welcome back to the Hustle. It's John Lamoureux. Okay, this week we're talking to I think one of the great, seminal British alternative college rock, whatever you want to call it, bands of the late '80s, early '90s, the Darling Buds. Our guests are lead singer Andrea Lewis and guitarist Matt Gray. So the guy, the band, put out three really strong albums. My favorite is the second one from 1990 called Crawdaddy. I really like the third one too, Erotica. Anyway, they didn't last very long, unfortunately, but it was, but what they did was so strong. And I remember seeing, they're one of those bands that you would hear on alternative radio or college radio, or you would see the records in the record stores. And you know, you'd see them maybe on like 120 minutes or alternative MTV or something like that. Andrea was so cute, kind of really good uh, image, of course. But it just didn't last quite as long as it should have. Now, the great people at Cherry Red Records are doing with them kind of like what they did with Chapter House and we had Steven on here earlier this year. They just released a giant box set called Killing for Love. It's got all three albums, live shows, uh, outtakes, B-sides, remixes, all that stuff. And it's out now and it is so good and satisfying to have everything for a band like them in one place. I should mention too, they did put out an EP called Evergreen a little while ago, and they are also touring right now, which um, they're still out there, which is great. This is one of those reasons why it just sucks being in America sometimes, because all the bands I love are still active out there in the UK and I don't get to see them. Anyway, I wanted to kick it off here with Crystal Clear. This is probably uh, maybe one of their best known songs, and this is an issue that I brought up with them I think they would probably be more remembered if they had that one evergreen song, like Melt With You or Tainted Love or something that got them, you know, built a legacy. But instead, it's largely, it's all so good, but it's largely on the alternative, you know, rock radio stations. Anyway, we talk about how they moved to LA to try and make it happen. We talk about appearing on top of the Pops. We talk about having John Peel as an early fan and what that meant to the kind of the catapulting of their career. And we talk about what they're up to now. And I just really love the both of them a lot. And so I'm glad to share this with you because I hope you guys hear some stuff. If you didn't already know or you were less familiar, I think you're going to hear some stuff you really like. They called me from their separate homes in Wales. Okay, so for starters, I, um, a few months ago, I had Steven Patman of Chapter House on here. Similar situation. Uh, Cherry Red has you know, put all of their stuff together in this fantastic box set. They only had two albums, but could fill up five great discs. You guys had three albums, yeah. but could fill in five great discs. Um, I wonder, first of all, I mean, I, I remember the Darling Buds being a staple on college and alternative radio when I was in high school in the late 80s early 90s and I always loved your sound and I grew up in Salt Lake City, Utah which is probably Podunkville but that's where I that's where I grew to love the Darling Buds. I'm curious when they came to you did did Cherry Red come to you and say we want to put out like a career spanning five disc box of everything you've ever done If you, uh, what your thoughts on that were, Matt, why don't you start?
1: Well, yeah, yeah, they did. That's exactly what happened. They, uh, well, you you know, if you look at, um, you know, if you follow, uh, music, you'll see Cherry Red do this a lot, you know, they're so uh, good at this, you know, they put, you know, every month they put in tons of stuff out and not like, you know, possibly like we were the next cab off the rank really, but (laughs) you know, they, they were bound to get to us eventually. And uh, uh-huh. so when they did, it was like, yeah, of course, we definitely, you know, we're waiting for you. And uh, yeah, so, so, uh, I mean, it was pretty really straightforward. in you know, <coughs> wise. it was there was three albums there already. Uh, and then it was a question of um, filling up the other two discs with uh, the interesting stuff, really. I yeah, it, <laughs> things people that not many people have heard and mm. trying to find. Uh, Things that nobody's heard outside the band, you know, to finally get that out there was was that that was where it got really sort of exciting.
0: Yeah, Andrea. Oh, go ahead, please. Yeah,
1: no,
2: I I think, um, well, they'd already released a, uh, I think our first album anyway, which is a few years back with some extra tracks, extra B sides. So we were in touch with Cherry Red over the years and um, they'd asked, you know, a couple of things a couple of times about stuff and then when this came out um I think my initial thoughts were you know blinking echo how the hell are we going to all get together to do that um you know because I, we, we, I think that's that's what's amazing about it that we have have actually all been able to come up with stuff uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, well not so much me I didn't really keep the recordings yeah. but but yeah we've all um sort of delved back into that sort of history you know
0: it's so good. And there are so many lo- nuggets uh, that I would never have heard otherwise. Like, for instance, I really, on disc five, there are these songs from Chicago, recorded live in Chicago in 1992. Mm-hmm. They are just killer. angels fallen that's on there is so strong and a lot of that has to do i think even i it it was interesting having never seen you guys live before it was so interesting to me to hear how like hefty and muscly your saw your sound gets live and a lot of that i think probably has to do with your guitar playing matt did you ever Uh, feel like the albums were were good examples of what this band could do did you ever have issues with the albums that way
1: no no mm-hmm. don't, no no I think mean, the albums sound great I and mean, they were really they well do produced. yes it was just sort of uh, when we went out live we just seemed to crank it up a bit more it was uh, yeah that Chicago gig was we sort of mid tour we were really just you know we you know we'd had a few weeks on the road and we were getting really good and uh, you know we was just you know we could is it at the point on the tour where you can just you don't have to think about how the songs are played and you just sort of just, you know, you know, they play themselves and you just get into the performance of it and the sound, and uh, that was like a peak of the tour, really. That, yeah. Mm. You know, it was the perfect gig to sort of record, I think, because we, you know, we came off stage and was we like, that was the best gig we've ever yes. played. It was, amazing. <laughs> it was amazing, you know. Yeah, everything's yeah. kind of yeah. broken yeah. in
2: by then, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, sort yeah. of, your vocals have sort of gone through yeah, exactly. the, yeah,
3: yeah. sort yeah.
2: of losing your voice yeah. phase. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you get well, getting so, a bit stronger.
0: That's one of the things that struck me because the band didn't last much longer. Why Andrea, when you guys are just hitting a peak?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Really. Um, I think it was, it was mostly, it wasn't about the band falling out or yeah. not enough material. It was just the the whole sort of structure around us, you know, um, our management, out we were living out in the States at the time and our management out there were really supportive and we're trying to sort of pull together, um interest but I think we got a bit homesick some of us and a bit fed up we're not sort of being we were in limbo that was what it was mm-hmm. and um so yeah it was all the sort of all the man not the management but the whole company and all that was just getting on our nerves so we were like oh, I've had enough of this maybe it was a bit of a knee-jerk reaction mm-hmm. and we shouldn't have but we all were like, throwing the towel in, we're off, we're going home.
0: <laughs> Where, now, I didn't know until getting ready to talk to you that you guys had relocated to the States. That's a, that's a big move, you know?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we were going down better in the States for a while. So, okay. um, you know, the British sort of music scene and music press, you know, your darlings and they love you one minute. And then yeah. the next minute, then they, you know, whether it's good or not, you know, you're going to get slagged off. And, uh-huh. you know... Your, your everything's affected by that so um we just felt the love out in the states uh-huh. a bit more so we were like right we're going out there <laughs>
0: that's great so matt tell me about you tell me your favorite thing about moving to the states your favorite thing and your least favorite thing
1: oh the weather the weather in la was just bit. it's basically there's no weather in la it's just hot hot all the time just and 72 uh, degrees every day yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and coming from the uk where just you know Four seasons in one day, and uh-huh. I, I just, I, I I just loved it, you know. <laughs> For yeah. some reason, I loved I loved LA as well because people go there and think this place is awful, but I loved it, you know. The the uh, just so interesting, you know. The old old Hollywood sort of yeah. bright <laughs> feel to it. I loved it, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. exactly yeah.
2: the same. Yeah, exactly the same as Matt. The weather—you can make plans, and they, and people stick yeah. to them because you're not yeah. rained off. <laughs> so you know that's good. And and also I think, it, you just feel even more British, don't you, Matt, when you're there because mm. you know if it, yeah, we are. Yeah. Yes.
1: everywhere. People yeah. look at you funny. Yeah.
2: yeah. Knock yeah. on people's doors. Hi, are you in? And <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here?
1: <laughs> Where did you guys
0: live? Did you live in like a little crummy apartment? All of you no, no, in one did, place? Or did was, you have
1: your own? It, no, it was, it was a bit of a tale behind that. We The management paid for two nights in a hotel. And then they said, look, you've got to find your own place after that. We went to a gig in the whiskey. And uh, Chris, our bass player, got talking to a guy over his T-shirt, I think. And uh, we ended up having drinks with him. And they said, oh, where are you staying so we're, we're homeless after tomorrow? And he said, oh, we got a house in Los Feliz with loads of rooms. You can come come and live in our house. It was just complete fate. What? And uh, Yeah, so it was in, in, uh, in Los Feliz, sort of East Hollywood, uh, uh, Vermont and... I can't remember the name of the street uh hillhurst maybe and uh yeah it was i mean it was perfect for us it was a, it was a little 7-eleven on one corner which we used to buy our hot dogs and beans for our <laughs> dinner and then, a, and then there was a <laughs> pub on the next street which we became regulars at it was brilliant yeah it was it, it was so fun andrea was, what was it like
0: living with a bunch of dudes
2: well, wow. I, no, I, I would meet them every day because we'd go and um, go and rehearse or, or go and do songwriting. But I, I stayed with Barbara. So, uh, okay. Okay. I her. wondered
1: about that. I
0: wondered.
2: Yeah, part of our management. So.
1: Yeah, that's, that's um, Barbara, manager. I'd like, been used to it anyway because we were, when, sure. you know,
2: we were always on yeah, tour. On the, boss the tour on bus. The tour bus. Boss. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: That's great. I'm curious. So I spoke with Mickey from Lush recently. As well, and she, as you probably know, wrote a fantastic book about her career and about that sound and that period and everything like that. One of the things that was a takeaway for me of hers, and I'll post this to you, Andrea. I got the impression that she was a real club kid for uh, for so long. Going, I think it was Eric's in Liverpool, probably, or I don't remember what it was, but anyway, going to a lot of shows and kind of thinking. I want to do that. You know, it wasn't a thing where she grew up wanting to sing or wanting to be a rock star or whatever. It sort of came later. And I'm curious if you were the kind of person, did you grow up always singing, always wanting to sing, always wanting to front a rock Mm. band or did it come later?
2: Yeah, uh, no, I I did grow up like that. I was that kid that was always performing and singing in front of my parents and um, always wanted to sing, loved music. Uh, I, I started singing with a girl band when i was about 14 15 and we actually started writing our own stuff as well really? so i was sort of um yeah you know I, was, I wanted to be like female beatles or something you know yeah and then when i met harley and, and uh chris and all them they did introduce me to a more alternative sound of music and i was like this is perfect we could you know we, we all we all had a, a, quite a bit of ambition but i think i was probably the one that was saying, well we can do it of course we uh-huh. can and uh-huh. i had a lot of yeah a lot of drive in that way yeah
0: okay who were you matt i'm curious who were you sharing bills with back in the day in the late 80s early night you know yeah, yeah
1: i joined the band later so uh oh, that's true. andrea's probably the, the, the uh, early the early uh buds, so i mean i was close to the band they were all. We, we, we sort of, me and Chris, the original bass player, were in bands before and yeah. he left, joined the Buds, and then I joined later. Um, so we were all on this, you know, we all knew each other. There was a scene in, in yeah. the So who were the other from. bands
0: in this scene? Who were the other people that we would know that you're sort of hobnobbing with or, you know, playing shows with or
1: whatever? Well, the, early, the early Buds was sort of, um, well, Lush, Wonder Stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. But, I should love. but in, in South Wales the, the funny thing, in South Wales where we're from, it was there was no other band like the Buds at all. Yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't sort of a there wasn't a sort of an indie pop scene in South Wales. Yeah. Like there's like in Scotland, for instance, where you had the Shot assistants and the Vaseline's and, and all these sort of bands that sounded you know, at had a scene. The Buds were the only band in South Wales really that sounded sounded like that. So they sort of had to uh, move away really to Mixed with the other bands, it in South Wales it was a big, like in Newport specifically, it was the first place that who's could do and oh, surfers, nice. uh surfers came to play and there was the you know the local record shop and promote there was it's all really big into that you know hardcore scene and which is yeah. brilliant but yeah. but it, it wasn't the birds did had some odd odd bills you know. Local I can see that. you know with the button, you know played with the old surfers and <laughs> no use yeah well, that was name. one
3: of our first gigs <laughs> isn't it
1: uh, no. yeah.
0: when yeah. I think of Wales I think of the Alarm did you guys ever okay
1: North Wales oh okay that's true which, is, which Wales is a tiny place with the <laughs> same population as Manchester but <laughs> North and South Wales are so badly serviced by road and rail, <laughs> They're, you know, we're closer to London than North Wales really, you know, yeah. which is wow. Strange. Okay. Um, we have
0: Patreon supporters and I tell them who I'm interviewing and they can submit questions that they want. One of them, Jake Rude, is a prominent DJ here in the States. And he had a question for you, Andrea. I wanted to sprinkle this in while we're talking about kind of the old days he wants to know what is the first album Andrea remembers buying with her own money, and what was the first Ooh. concert she recalls attending that you cho- that you chose yourself to go to?
2: Well, the first gig I went to, chose myself, was, was in Cardiff, and a gang of us from school actually went, and it was Heck at 100.
0: Really? Oh, I love them. Nick's been yeah. on here too. I yeah. love haircut one hundred. Yeah. Yes.
2: And then, uh, so that was the first gig. I mean, the
0: did the, you have a big? Did you fancy Nick? Yeah, he was so cute. He's still oh, he so was. cute. He we looks fantastic.
2: We were yeah. a gang of girls. He, you know, we, we all did. We all thought he looked at us. He looked at uh-huh. me. No, looked at me. Um, yeah. So that was oh, yes. that was that first record I bought. I think it was. It, I was only little. I was only about. Six, seven, and it was Elvis.
0: Really? Oh, probably was probably younger it than that.
2: Forty-five when, when I was about seven, and I, I was really into Elvis from about four years old. So oh. I had this gatefold Elvis album, oh. and I used to take it to uh, parties because at that, you know, back then you took your records to people's parties, and uh-huh. they would play your records. And so um, that's got
1: my name on the front of it. Ooh, so I love that! Album. I love
0: that, Matt. What about you?
1: Um first concert was I went to on my own was uh, Motorhead and uh and Anvil nice. was supporting. What? So, like, the, fir- the first band I saw were Anvil. They've been <laughs> on here it. too. Those I guys know. are hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. First, first I mean the first record I remember asking for when I was a kid was Tiger Feet by Mud. I don't know if you remember, Mud were a thing. They were part of the yeah, Glam Rock. Know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I loved it, but the first record I remember taking my pocket money on the bus to go and buy. I got two singles. One was uh, "If the Kids Are United" by Sham Sixty Nine <laughs> and David Watts by The Jam. Oh, uh, nice! For, uh, both yeah. these kind of these yes. Uh, still got them. that's
0: great. Good. <laughs> okay, I was curious about the. I feel like the Darling Buds sound got heavier. As the albums went on, uh, Stephen Street has been on here too. We we talked last year, and we talked a little bit about you guys. When I listen to that first album, it sounds like a bunch of youngsters, sort of, you know, making the best pop music they can come up with at the time. Come up with. yeah, you know, and yeah. uh, and then the second album, Crawdaddy, was probably that was probably <laughs> my favorite. Um, it sounds like that little more shimmery, little more, you know. Uh, mature. A little more of what the alternate, what was happening on kind of alternative radio at the time, and then by erotica, it's gotten harder. Like grunge is happening, and grunge appears. Sounds to me like it's starting to influence the sound. Was this? Con- mm. Were you guys aware of this, or am I overthinking this?
2: No, I I think that is very that is true, and that is you're right in what you're saying. I think when you're when you're so young, like those first mm-hmm. songs were intended to be, you know, yeah pop jewels a couple of a couple of a sec- couple of minutes long yeah. um with big hooks and 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 that was the intention but I think we always had a you know we wanted to we weren't scared of experimenting either we, we wanted to like you know, even some of the slower songs on the first album that we wrote, you know, um yeah they just sort of they were a bit more wouldn't they're definitely not experimental, but for us they would have been at that time. Mm-hmm. And um you you know when you're so young you can't help being influenced by what's around you and, and um, you know, what other people, like the, you know, the producers you're using, what sort of sounds, guitar sounds, the feel of a song. And I think with, you know, writing lyrics, I, you know, I always I kind of struggle a bit with that, but I, but I was just trying to expand a bit more on what, what, you know, what I was.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: What about so. you, Matt? Did you have much of a say
1: or anything like that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Later when I joined the band, yeah, yeah. It was, it was really nice that uh, the, you know, didn't? Uh, well, they. You know, I came up with ideas, and because i I've been in other bands writing, and when I joined the band, they were really accepting of my ideas. And uh, uh-huh. you know, we were
2: like, "Great, someone <laughs> else to <do> write."
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> true. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you
0: guys got came out of the gate, was hit the ground? Was that sort of your signature sa- song at the time? I mean, I, for the first album, anyway. Is that the one that's getting played on the radio? Is that the one that you're getting the most attention for? I don't even know. What would have been your signature sound, or signature song, I'm sorry.
1: It was a big hit on it in the UK. Was it? Uh, yeah, but remember w- when I joined the band, we went to the states. We never played Hit the Ground live in the states. Didn't and we? It, no, no, we did in the UK, but it was because it wasn't really. It, I mean, Crystal Clear was the big.
3: Thing. Mm-hmm. We, oh, We couldn't sure, play sure. a
1: gig in the US without playing Crystal Clear, and we didn't play Hit the Ground. And uh, but we never played Crystal Clear in the UK. You know, I mean, really, that's uh, so interesting. <laughs> <it> was, <laughs> yeah, uh, depending, what, think, depending what what is, people. Well, that's, the thing. I mean, yeah, I, that's just the thing. I mean, yeah, that's just the thing. I've been thinking because the first album was a big success in the UK. The second album was a big success in the US. So there's two definite separate sets of fans, really. Yeah. And uh,
0: yeah, yeah, and having it, to appease them big, both. Different
1: dynamic. Yeah. Well, yeah they never really liked each
0: other yeah that's probably true in getting ready to talk to you I was reading about um, I guess it was the song If I Said right Andrea that was the thing that kind of got you signed got you attention at the beginning but that's not even on the first album
2: No, that was um, that was self-funded actually by Harley. He put that out with um, as a double A side with a song called "Just to Be Seen," yeah. um, and we just called it Darling Label. And that was like a little one-off. Um, and then I think it was our it, it was that, that that got us on John Peel. Um, John Peel and, and uh, Janice Long, they both played uh, both sides actually for us so for nice. quite a few weeks, getting us a lot of attention. And um, you know, we, we we did a John Peel session quite early on, and then all the, all our other songs like Shame on You and all of that were mm. they were kind of the ones that they were looking to sign us to, and we signed to an indie label, Native Records. Mm. Um, you know, All Up to You, Shame on You, um, those, those sorts of little yeah, little songs that off, off the demos, yeah.
0: So I was going to ask you about John Peel. Uh, I mean, he's a legend for so many reasons. And were you aware when oh, you God. like, uh, do you recognize as it's happening what a big deal or what a big like? This is a we cannot mess this up. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay.
2: Much not... I don't yeah. think John Peel. If he liked to, he liked to, and that was that, didn't he? But it was a massive um, sort of honor really to be picked up by him and and the fact that you know he he you know he just really liked us particularly in those early days um that was probably the 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 most yeah the the biggest thing for me back then was the recognition that John Peel liked us um but you know he he got someone to phone us at home to see if we could have you know he, he could help um putting people in, in contact with us, really? record labels and promoters. So he was really integral to mm. that, you know, that early stage of us, of us yeah. uh, getting signed and being heard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. thing was at the time, in, in the UK, you you basically got your music from Radio 1, BBC Radio 1, or BBC TV. It was very limited. It was like three or four TV channels. Mm. Not music on the TV except top of the pops on a Thursday night. Everyone got their music from Radio One. And John Peel was this little late night. Well, he wasn't so late, but ten to twelve, you know, 12 isn't it? Yeah. Little little way of getting small bands onto Radio One, which was the yeah. that everybody in the in the in the country listened to. So to to you know, because he was a you know a cool you know, radio personality as well. he like cool stuff. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, which such an honor. And you know, because he'd been there, you know, because he'd been with Radio One from the beginning. He championed new music. The the bands he discovered were incredible. Never took never yes. any credit for like some of the huge bands he discovered. And then you became part of the John Peel thing. Yeah. It, it, yeah. You know, it, it, it's the one. I, you know, it's the biggest. You know, I was in, in the band I was in before, Ballinbards. We had a John Peel session, and it was just really the best thing I've, you know, Biggest. I didn't ever. realize
0: <laughs> that. Yeah, his taste level was so high, and it's pr- been proven out because it all remains great music today. Everything that mm-hmm. he sort of touched or deemed worthy uh, yeah, of his attention uh, turned out to be incredible uh, stuff.
1: <laughs> you know, I remember, remember that just a couple of years before. He, there was you remember Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, And he gave they were sent him a demo, he gave him a session, you know, and they were a John Peel band, you know. And then six months later, they're number one, they're all over the place. Massive world hit. And you know, John Peel got absolutely no credit for that at all. You know, I can remember all the Radio One when nuts, you know, daytime Radio One yeah. when nuts for, Frank goes to Hollywood. I remember listening to John Peel in the night, and he said, "You know, it's funny that." And all, all day, everyone's been going on about Frank goes to Hollywood, and uh, you know, no one's mentioned yeah. <laughs> yeah, that he that they got launched yeah, yeah.
0: here. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about Top of the Pops? Were you on there once? How many times did you yeah. do Top of the Pops? Okay. Yeah, we did. We did. Okay. So my my understanding is that the room is much smaller than it appears. You're there all day. And you uh, to and you perform. There's only like 50 or 60 people in the room. Maybe it's not. Maybe (laughs) I have that wrong. But there's not as many people in the crowd as you think. And you go through your song lip syncing, uh, you know, three or four times and everyone pretends to love, not pretends, they do love you. But you know (laughs) what I'm saying? Like really amps it up. And, like, they, if you want something to eat, you have to go get it yourself down the street or go to the pub or whatever, but sometimes you can't leave and you want to leave. Anyway, tell me about the Top of the Pops yeah. experience. Yeah,
2: yeah. it is exactly that. It, it's um <laughs> but Back then, though, back then, nobody, nobody had sort of burst the bubble of Top of the Pops. Uh-huh. And whether you were, you know, this uh, real indie... Because John Peel used to present it as well. He oh, would often present right. Top of the Pops.
3: Okay. Yeah. So...
2: Um, you know, you'd add them all the sort of daytime DJs, the nicey, nicey daytime Ooh. DJs. And um, so it's always a bit of a, I can't think of any band that wouldn't want to do Top of the Pop. Of course, if I'm honest. of course, so, of course. So when you're there and it's just, you know, a, a, a film studio, it's it's not that big, cameras everywhere, lighting, um, you get a few goes at it. Yeah, probably 30 people in the audience, all kind of staged to get the, mm-hmm. the right camera shots. And then, um, meanwhile, the, you know, it's so, a yeah. They're getting into, you know another band ready on another little stage, and um sort of they shuffle everybody off onto the you know the next the next band. But the whole day is just, from my memory, just um you know, yeah, we, we were just it was pinch us moments. I you bet. know, so exciting. We, we were. Yeah, you've got this green room, so you're in this green room, and they take you to hair and makeup, and there's other artists in in the chairs as well. Um, Who was there when you were there? Jason Jason Donovan. Yeah, yeah, next to me in hair and makeup. You know, it's just, yeah, all right, all right, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Uh Um, Yeah, so all that's quite funny, and uh, I don't know, we just, we were kids, so yes. we were just taking the mickey out of it. We were having a laugh.
0: Yeah. Um, How long after yeah, you film it naughty. does it come out on TV? Is it like the next oh, day or later that day or what?
2: Um. Well, it came out every Thursday night.
0: No, I know. But like, um, did you film your oh, part and yeah, then it, like it came out before. that night? Oh, okay. okay. Yeah,
2: days before. Because they have to, there was this thing called charts. Oh, that's true. Know,
0: yeah, that's true. So it had, had to, to be up to get the date.
2: Read. Yeah. Yeah, it had to be. You know, da, da, na, 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 na,
0: uh-huh.
2: and they <laughs> tell you when you know why you were in the charts. So it had to relate to that week. Yeah, yes, so very- That's right.
0: That's right. I forgot. Yeah. There's a time. There's a timely factor here. Um, something yeah. else I wanted to ask you about the release of Erotica, the third album. Madonna puts out her album called Erotica just a few a few weeks later. Is this right? I know.
2: How rude! How <laughs> rude! How dare she How step dare on the she? darling bonds exactly.
0: <laughs> moment? That had I to know. have been frustrating, though. You know?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, it's all a it bit too a, late then, isn't it? It's everything's yeah, done. It is. Um, yeah. I wish we know it was a bit threat. sooner because we would have definitely bloody changed it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what <laughs> but, were you saying, Matt? Um, I don't I – I remember at the time a couple of management people were running around with their hair on fire about it. But yeah. I, I, I don't think we were too bothered, to be honest. It was just uh, unfortunate. I, you know, I don't think uh, – because we didn't have sort of audiences that – you know, our audiences didn't really cross over at all. So it wasn't, yeah, if, that's anything, true. It, if anything, it was kind of, it gave us a bit of, um, you know, it gave us a bit of a bump, really. because
0: Okay. And I, yeah,
2: yeah I remember,
1: something else for people we to talk in, about. Um, we were on tour and Time Magazine wanted to do a piece on it because we were the other band <laughs> releasing an album called Erotica. And we had a, a, a like a, a, you know, a,
2: well, they sent well, photographers them, and everything, yeah, didn't I they?
0: Oh. <laughs> so it was, yeah. you know, wow. i Wow. And also. I, oh, go ahead. Yes, please, you know, And also,
2: in, in this country, there was, um, you know, we, we were obviously, obviously named ourselves the Darling Buds. And then after a couple of years, there was a TV show. It was a huge hit called The Darling Buds of May.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And the main, the main person in it was uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Welsh girl. Oh, yeah. And... Um, you know, so it
0: was all like, oh, really? We had that name first, you know? <laughs> so, kind of, it's
3: nothing, you know. It's just
0: oh, one of I have to admit, I remember, uh, I've always thought Erotica was an odd name for a Darling Buds album anyway, because the picture on the front is a really beautiful woman who looks like she might be, like, mid-orgasm or something. And, you know, she's just sort of failing. I don't know. And I just don't, yeah. I never associated <laughs> darling buds with like anything like erotic or sexy nothing against you guys but it just wasn't i did you know i didn't think about
2: that a couple of months but probably about 10 months before maybe a year even we released a an ep called erotica plays
0: Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Did you know that? I didn't Did you know, know that, that? No, no, no. No, So,
2: So that had been, and it was a little bit of a sort of like velvet underground-y kind of a bit dark. I think that was what we were going with. Um, and then we just liked, yeah, we just thought we'd have uh, something a little bit shocking, something a little okay. bit out there.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and I think that was what we wanted, just something with a little bit of a kick to it, rather that, anyway, that was that. Okay. And then the, the front cover, we had some... Um, we changed designers actually, and they came up with this sort of very um, retro-y, they had quite a lot of sort of retro, really great cool images, but that, the front cover is, it was a re, um, like a redone shot of, um, what was it? I can't remember now. Is it Pirelli Pirelli Calendar?
0: Oh, yeah. Pirelli, aren't they the, aren't they tires? Don't they make tires or car related or something like that? Yeah, Yeah. they used
1: to have a, there was a famous, I don't know if they still do it, but it was a, the Pirelli calendar was (laughs) an annual, um, you know, it's a bit like Sports Illustrated. Uh, Yes, I remember this now. It's one of those things where they get, you know, nice looking ladies to pose. I remember this, (laughs) Yeah, of course. Okay, okay. I remember seeing
2: that, yeah, that was the,
0: anyway yeah um okay so let me ask you about um i have kind of a an obsession with um movie soundtracks and you guys being included on the so i married max murderer soundtrack you have any, do you know what I'm, half the time when I bring people on here and I ask them about a movie soundtrack they're in, they don't even know about it, or they've never seen the movie, or it's just one more thing that it kind of goes, was there any pomp and circumstance about Darling Buds being included on this soundtrack? For you. Uh... <laughs> It looks like well, we, no we, based on the blank stares <laughs> on both your faces.
2: <laughs> we did know about it. We did yeah, know we did about it. got paid it. for it. Yeah, but yeah. then we also got cut from the actual film, I
0: think. <laughs> I think the scene. Got in got the cut movie? From the film. I haven't seen that movie in a long time.
1: No, no. <sighs> yeah. we, we, I remember um we were told it was in there. And uh uh I think we were just flying to the States. It was I think it was just when we were going out there for the the luck to relocating out there and we met the manager, Bill, and he said, um, you won't believe this. I've, I've just been to see the film and the part where your song's supposed to be in, they 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 dropped it for the bloody spin doctors. Oh. Like <laughs>
3: oh, <I did> it.
1: <laughs> but it's still it was still on the soundtrack album. So Okay. Okay,
0: so you don't get to watch the movie and tell your family, "Here's the part where my song gets played." It's no, I, no, I
1: can say, I can say, I can say, um, "Here's the part where uh, the song we should have been." Yeah, been. <laughs> <laughs> and <it said laughs> really instead yes. enjoy yeah. two princes by the spin doctors. <laughs> For the billionth time, right? No
0: offense, spin doctors. Yeah. No, no. Okay. Did you have any, do you know how you were even selected? Was that a lab, record label thing? Did Mike Myers himself pick you? Do
1: you know anything about that? Oh, it was a label thing, I'm pretty sure. Label, yeah. So it, was just, it, it was on the, the Columbia Records. And I think the, the Columbia Records uh, sort of imprint, I can call it, Chaos okay. Records. Which uh, was, uh, they, it, major labels at the time were sort of um, having these sort of subsidiary sort of quasi indie imprints. You know, uh, I think Virgin did it with uh Hut and, okay. and uh Columbia did it, called it Chaos, so they could yeah give you know have cooler bands and give it the appearance of being indie. And right. I think the the uh the soundtrack for that was on Chaos. Okay, Records, one of those okay which released erotica.
0: <laughs> okay. I just wondered if there was a story behind all that. Um, I want to go back to the box for a second. One of those standout tracks to me, and probably because I didn't know it, was Different Days. Is that like a b-side what's the story of different days because it's not on any of the <laughs> albums i wasn't sure where it came from matt's laughing why matt
1: <clears throat> we played we play that somebody we played a festival called indie days didn't uh-huh. we? and uh, a friend of ours put on a festival and someone suggested we should play different days uh you know because it
0: was spe- oh dear what did, is that what i said
1: what did i say was it was called no. What was it called? It's it was D A Z E. Yeah, because yeah, it was called different days. Is that
0: not what D-A-Z-E? I said? Sorry. Yeah. Because
1: yeah. it was called D A Z E, and this festival was called it indie days D A Z E. We suggested <laughs> we we re, we learned that song again, and we played it at the festival. And I, and when we after we played it, we thought this is a bad song. <laughs> 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 we are never playing that again.
0: And that's why it's on the scrap heap of, you know, the
1: end <laughs> yeah, of this But, on the... <laughs>
2: but I, I, am pretty sure we did it for a Peel, um,
1: Oh, uh, really?
2: Session. Cause I'm pretty sure. I remember John Peel saying, commenting about how it was spelled and saying, Oh yes, it. of course it would be. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Um, can <laughs> yeah, I make is, one? Oh, I'll go ahead.
1: It was just, it wasn't, it's not a terrible song, but there's this odd guitar part. I and mean, it just, it was one of those it, it must have been a good idea at the time in the studio yeah, um, and, uh, and when, you, when you play it now it just sounds awful well, <laughs> can, can,
0: uh, you know I love you but I gotta I gotta say I would have rather listened to different days than Big Head, Big head. Never. oh really Big Head to me is silliness
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: there's a lot of that. There's a lot yes. of that with the old cool birds. I've got to admit, we <laughs> yes. just got to get o- I've just got to get over that because <laughs> it's something that is very cringy. You're right.
0: It uh, uh that's a weird one. That's a weird one. It we feels know, kind of top top. top, top, that's, that's top. That's, that's that loves it thing. though. You could tell. Well,
3: I, no, yeah, it, actually, cring, the band
2: aren't. Yeah, we're, we're not incredibly, you know, into it. It's just it really gets.
1: Asked for a lot of yeah, our gigs, yeah, yeah. big head but, does, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We play it a lot, yeah, we just really. It yeah. It's a staple mm-hmm. of the set. It's a nice <laughs> song to play, it's actually a really nice song to play. And it, you know, it's wow, kind of, yeah, bit of a rocker. And uh, that but yeah, I know, I wouldn't, <laughs> yeah, it's an
0: odd one. Um, okay, yeah. so. What is the current state of the band? First of all, the Evergreen EP, which makes up the end of this Five on here, is so fantastic. So good to hear you guys doing an updated version of the, what you said, what your sound was all along. It is fantastic. Mm. So what's the current state of the band? I mean, you have, you do regular things. I don't think it's a permanent or 24 seven, you know, focus Ooh. of your life. But yeah. Do you play gigs? Do, are you going to make more music? What are you, what's the plan? Yeah, we,
1: we're, we're we're recording an album at the moment. Uh,
0: we've a full got, length the, album, yeah, full a length
1: album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we finally got the ball rolling on that because we've been, you know, we've been back together now for oh, nearly ten years, and um, yeah. we, you know that we've had plenty of songs written over the time, and uh, it's just been a question of getting us all together in the studio, and uh, we finally managed it this year. We got everyone together for a few days, and it was it went just. We just banged the songs out it was you right. know we you know, there's not not many songs we haven't sort of included in our live set over the last few years so we knew the songs and we banged them out and uh uh so the, the ball is rolling fast enough now that it's unstoppable and uh we're gonna be you know finishing off uh oh, I gotta do a bit and Andrew's got to do a bit I've and gotta do gotta vocals yeah and, uh, so but you know, all the all the this is great. Heavy, the heavy lifting's <laughs> been done. So uh you know, it's gonna be Yeah, a-
2: wish, I wish I do wish we started it sooner. So um uh-huh. so it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? And it's needed mm. to yes. need to get it off our chests.
0: I believe it. We've
2: had these songs for such a long time. And um we played a gig last Saturday and we, we had really? um I think we had about five new songs in the set and it just keeps it. it it's just so much fresher to be playing yeah. that.
0: So that's yeah. incredible. I had no idea now of the four old school original members. Is it just you two or are there are other people from back in the day still in the band playing?
1: Um, well, it- Andrea is obviously <clears throat> the only original member, right, but right. all the other guitar player, the way, the way it worked was, um, after, uh, on erotica, Paul joined as a second guitar player to Harley, and then he left, and then I joined as a second guitar player to Harley for the third album. And then when we performed, Harley didn't want to do it, so we, uh, me and Paul, became the two guitar players. And even though we'd never, we'd never been in the band together, <laughs> you know, first time around. Oh, yeah, so, uh, yeah. And uh Chris, the original bass player, joined us for. Uh, the you know, initial reunion and the evergreen EP but yeah. he didn't want to carry on to do the new album so we got a new huh. it's weird.
0: I wonder what I wonder what people's reasoning is for not wanting to be a rock star you know <laughs> what wondering. I mean I think when
2: they done that got the uh, t-shirt yeah, yeah. really is that it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't think he fancied uh, you know
0: Schlepping yes. and touring. What are, yeah. Andrea, what are shows like now? I mean, you mentioned earlier about there being sort of different audiences, almost in some ways bigger in the States than in the UK. Yeah. What are the shows? How often do you play?
2: Oh, like four or five times a year, Max?
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah just every, every so often. Um, if we can fit it in with everyone's schedule, you see, because sure. everybody's uh-huh. all over the shop. So, um, so yeah, we just uh, get together when we can, and yeah, just, it's been great. I enjoy it now so much more. You know, my bet. children have grown up, so yeah. I can sort of throw myself into it a bit more. And um, yeah, the audience are fab; they're brilliant. Sort of is follow us mostly, around a little bit.
0: Is it mostly festivals like Indie Days, or you know something else with a Z E at the end of it? The days <laughs> that you yeah. is that or yeah. are they are they in theaters? Where do you guys typically play?
1: No, we, we click clubs and Do really, you really? It, 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 we we get offered like some nice festivals, but we can never. We uh, I mean, we have to turn down some really so nice much. gigs yeah. and festivals because we can't all coordinate our diaries, and then we end up playing these odd little random gigs, uh, which happen to be the ones we're all available for, and they and they turn out to be the best, you know, really yeah, good fun. Cool. You know, yeah.
2: Yeah, cookie little venues, and yeah. we always seem to have a London gig as well every yeah, year. So we've yeah. done for the oh, how long? How many have we done, Matt? Six, seven?
1: Yeah, yeah, we play in London every year, and nice, Once a decent year. size gig. Yeah, and then uh, we always play our local venue in Newport, where we live, at least twice. You a both year. live
0: in Wales.
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, in Newport, in Newport, Wales.
0: Um, that's crazy. So. Is there any? Would you ever come back to the states to do anything? Yes, oh, yeah, I'd love
1: to. Love I to. mean,
0: I, I know you would. Like you'd like to. Is that in the cards?
1: Yeah. Well, we kind of oh. have. Yeah. Well, I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I'd like to think so. Yeah. I mean, we have. To, There's um,
2: been interest, um, isn't there? Oh, yeah, we've got a
1: sort of open invitation <laughs> to play a sort of West Coast tour. Um, you know, so I suppose any time we decided we were all available for a week to do that. Ooh. Probably could be arranged, but again, that's together for one yeah. night's practice for the gigs and that at the moment. But maybe circumstances will change one day. I don't yeah, know.
2: we came along and did a great festival in New York, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah right we Five years ago. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. yeah.
0: my gosh, where have I been? Well, I live in Denver, which is kind of in the oh, middle okay. of the country. So if you're not,
3: yeah. if you're playing yeah.
0: the coasts, I wouldn't know. Um, uh, one thing I noticed this sounds like a criticism. I don't mean for it to. I wondered if one of the things that was holding Darling Buds back from being bigger or more successful, even at the time, was I was trying to put my finger on what would be your signature hit. You know what I mean? Like that song mm. that's evergreen, the song that everyone knows, even Primitives, who you guys get compared to a lot, have mm. they have like Crash mm. and a few others, you know, and I wondered... What do the is maybe that's the, one of the issues the darling buzz don't have that song that is super catchy and hooky and everyone knows and it makes sense in commercials mm. or whatever you know what I mean
1: that that's just down to pure luck on the you know yeah. music industry yeah. luck i mean i could i don't think you could accuse this band of not having Oh no way no, I mean, no 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 that's what i'm saying is that is,
0: some just, business somewhere I mean, decided never to
2: like a darling it's
1: just, Bud song for this yeah, reason. Yeah. I mean, it's just
2: yeah. I, also, I I just do I do feel very lucky actually of 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 our journey. It depends on how you measure success, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, little. I mean, I think Sure Thing was um, on the cusp of being really big out in the states, but it it, it was completely ignored here. People come out of um, you know come out to our, our gigs and stuff, and they say it's their it, you know it's one of their favorites. So that's probably one that I think really is very sort of typical of us because it's poppy, it's catchy, yeah. it's got good guitar hooks, it's good tempo, it's got all the ingredients of a Darling yeah. Buds good song, you know. Okay. But
0: um, yeah, yeah. I was curious what you thought, what what you would think your signature song
3: or.
1: Well, I think well, the Right Sure thing was is the one we kind. Of, I know, I know. Again, you know, you have old fans who are first album fans, really, who uh, they just want to hear hit the ground. But for us, I think first song on our set list when we play live is Sure Thing. You know, where are we uh, going to play Sure Thing? You know, you're mm-hmm. ne- we're never not going to play that. Okay, and yeah. it
2: makes no difference as well. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. makes no difference. Uh, um, it's got it's got a catchiness to it. It's got a little bit of a darkness to it, which yeah. I know we're I know we're all you know we, we, we see we're seemingly kind of you know pop all the way, but there is a sort of like like you've heard the heavier that element to
3: what we yeah. do. Yeah.
2: So, and I think um, yeah, it makes no difference.
0: Does capture that. that? That I love that one too. Yes, I totally agree. Okay, last question. Well, two last questions. One. I think, Andrea, you run a, well, you're, what, a TV presenter in Wales and you run an acting school or something like that? Yeah,
2: I've I've done some presenting, radio and TV, um, but no, my sort of day job is um, running children's, uh, yeah, acting and singing dancing classes, yeah.
0: That's great. Fantastic. And Matt, what do do you do outside of music?
1: I'm a mechanical engineer. Are you really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, so I design and build machinery. Uh, uh,
0: That's so interesting. So um, my normal job is I work for a software company called Autodesk, and we make AutoCAD.
1: You probably use
0: AutoCAD all the time.
1: SolidWorks.
0: Solid, Solid, oh, (laughs) what? No, that's our competitor. Come on, Matt. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I totally understand. Okay, last question. Tell me your favorite memory of all of this. You... Oh, this interview. Oh, you're... (laughs) No one's ever said (laughs) that. That's good. You're sweet. Tell me about... The just the memory that you cannot believe. When you're teaching dancing to the little kiddos, oh, Andrea, yeah, that's and you're like, really do you one. have any idea that I danced once with David Bowie or something like that? Tell me what you're, your. are yeah. you two, both of you, I want to hear what your favorite rock and roll well, memory the, is. The,
2: the, the current one at the moment, because a lot of this I don't remember, so I must have been having a really good time. Yes. Um, Is what Matt reminds me of, is we we played the Viper Room a few times. Ooh. So we met, you know, quite a lot of Hollywood big big stars and stuff okay these came to our gigs but none other than and she was stood right in front of matt watching him play guitar
1: share
0: what (laughs) share was taken with you and your guitar playing matt
1: that was the weird we played in the right doesn't make me laugh (laughs) before in pearl jam there was and it and, uh, Did you just say uh, supporting Pearl Jam? Supporting Pearl Jam in the Viper Room, what? and it was like a private party. And I looked out over the plane, and there was like the cast of Beverly Hills 90210 <laughs> <know> over there. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Shannon Doherty and what's, uh, uh, Christina Applegate, Christina
2: all people like
0: that. Luke, Ger- there, Luke yeah. Perry
1: and Jason, uh, yeah, they
0: were all,
2: something yeah, or other. Yeah, all yeah all Sarah things, Jessica Parker.
1: It was like yeah. being in a you know a dream. It was.
2: Yeah, so
0: surreal. so surreal, hilarious! Wow, that is yeah. genius! Yeah, guys, I, I love I, you I a mean lot. The moment oh,
2: that I, the moment that is always in my heart the most, uh is you know listening to my friend's phone. It said, "Put the radio on, John yes. Peel's playing uh-huh. you," and yes. it was you know being being picked up and played by John Peel and had nice things said about us by of John Peel. Which was you know, it's always the one that's sort of like, wow. Yeah. That's
0: amazing, uh, Andrea. When you were in LA, did you have any famous boyfriends? No, no, no. Movie stuff. You didn't go out with Johnny Depp or anything <laughs> like that. No, I didn't.
2: But I met him quite a few times. I bet
0: yeah. Viper Room. He co-owned it or yeah. something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: We 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 could we were allowed to go into the VIP bit, weren't we? Of, course. of course, we met. We, out. <laughs> we met. We met
1: when uh, we met him with Jimmy Jim Moosh. Yeah, really. And he was. Yeah, and he was. Jim Jalmooch was really interested that we were from Wales and uh, he wondered if we spoke Welsh, which uh-huh. was the only thing well, I had it was we have, I had my driver's license with me and uh, it, it was our driver's license used to be these big fold out paper things you put in a wallet. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But it, the, if you're in Wales, they were bilingual. They were sort of Welsh on one side <laughs> and English on the other. So, okay. <laughs> so there's this weird moment. Where I had my driver's license open, <laughs> showing Jim Jamush. <laughs> 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 really surreal, surreal. Yeah, there's
2: lots, there's lots of little things like that, and it's like um, I remember watching the a uh, 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 boxing match at that Warner, is it Warner Studios, Matt?
0: Probably.
2: And um, uh, what's his name? I can't remember Bar- Barry Manilow. Having a bag outside with. Oh Chris. no! Yeah, A and M.
1: We were recording A and studios it? in Los Angeles. Big, oh, it's, it's sort of ten studios there, and Barry Manilow was in with the one across the hallway. I'm sorry, I'm having a cigarette in the hallway.
0: Barry Manilow
1: smokes. <laughs> yeah. Really? That's what we said. That's what we said. Yeah. I would Manilow never spoke. have guessed that. We, we were We were. We were crushed.
2: Yeah, I mean this is this is this is thirty years ago. He's probably given true. Maybe home.
0: he's quit. Hopefully, he's quit for <laughs> yeah. his own health. But wow, I never would have guessed. That's great.
1: <sighs>
0: All right, guys, I love you a lot. Thank you for talking with Uh-oh. me. I when I think Thank of like college alternative rock of my era when I was in high school, I think of bands like the Darling Buds, and I love what you guys have done. And I'm grateful this box set exists. Hopefully, other people find it and they get the whole story because it's fantastic. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you Thank, job. You. Thank you. Thank you. Job. All right, there you have it, Andrea and Matt. I uh, I love that, and I'm so grateful that we got to cover them because I've had them in mind for a long time and now with the box set, it is the perfect time. Again, it's called Killing for Love and I hope you guys check it out, either buy it or stream it or pick it up somehow and get re, I don't know, reintroduced, I guess, to one of these just great bands. And I mentioned Steven Street as being the producer on that second album. We talked about the Darling Buds a little bit when he was on, the pedigree there is just so strong. I just love it. I want to close it out with another one of, I think this is the one of their better songs too, The End of the Beginning. It's the last track on Crawdaddy. Um, great album. Now, uh, next week we're going in a totally opposite direction. In fact, we're talking to a classic rock, classic rocker next week. And what's interesting about this is that this person's band was especially big in the 70s. And you remember recently, we had Graham Goble on from Little River Band. And he talked very openly about what it's like being on the outside watching a band called little river band with no original members out there performing and playing and releasing albums and here he is one of the key songwriters and original members he sits on the outside he can't he is not involved but he's watching it happen well this is the reverse where this band is still out there doing things, but the person we're talking to is the only original member left. And in fact, there's some there are some conflicts there between him and the other members of this band and what they think about this. So anyway, it's interesting to get both sides of the story. Um, huge thanks as always to Jan Mamakovich, my right-hand man for everything. As I mentioned, folks, he's been going through a lot. So here's the deal. He's been the primary caregiver of his mom ever since his dad died a couple of years ago and his mom's health has not been great lately so it's been a lot of kind of in and out of the hospital his family as i've mentioned several times are some of the greatest people ever our families have been friends for over 30 years now i hope she gets better and i hope everything is eases up anyway for yan so if you talk to yan give him your love Um, We should have the recap that he and I recorded recently out this weekend. Again, it all comes down to whether, you know, he's free and able to do that. Um, Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I don't have any tchotchkes to give away or any swag or anything right now, but we hopefully will soon. Okay? Anyway, thanks everybody. Oh, you know, you can like our page on Facebook. You can send us a message message on there. You can send us an email at thehustlepod at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at The All right? Thanks, everybody. We love you.